All right. Reading Ridiculous Comments, episode three, <laughs> I think. I think I've done three of these. Very few things grind my gears enough uh, in, in comments. I, I try not to let, and it, and it didn't this time, but I try not to let this stuff even get under my skin or even pay attention to it because... I know people will just say things and you put stuff out on the internet and you get a whole world yeah, you, of crazy that shows up at your door, right? Yeah, and there's nothing there's nothing that I can do about it. But every once in a while there's things that just and, and if you catch me at the right moment <laughs> it well, might but do I it. think honestly what it is is because you know the types of messages you're going to get when you put stuff out there and it's like okay, whatever, but there's certain ones that you go, you know what? there is a bigger conversation to be had here. You know what I mean? I think that's what it is. And here's my thought behind this is I have been going through and what uh, this, this person that um, uh, doesn't know this, that that this, (laughs) this, I'm going to read the comments, but um, in my church, this is what I've been going through with my church. Yeah. A lot of this. And this is a matter of fact, on Sunday, I, I, I gave a whole sermon on this. Um, so I, I've been going through and when this came through, I was like, oh, this is a perfect example to be able to show them what I'm talking about here. Now, I want you to understand and the person, if this person is listening, um, that I am not trying to drag Anybody out into the mud here, I'm not trying to humiliate somebody or anything else. But when you come on a YouTube channel and you can't read community guidelines, which nobody can, so I get it. Nobody can read. But when you can't read community guidelines and you you comment something so just ridiculously absurd and biblically ignorant, um, you open yourself up to get called out on it. And so that's why I'm going through this. And, you know, if you're going to if you're going to come on and say something ridiculous, like I said, this is it it needs to get corrected. And it's a great tool, uh, a great teaching tool for me to use as example. I also want you to know that I am speaking in love, regardless of what this person thinks. Because anytime you say something that is corrective or isn't just butterflies and rainbows, everybody goes, oh my gosh, you're being unloving. How can you be unloving to a fellow right. you know, brother in Christ? And it's like, so does that mean when I corrected my child today for responding incorrectly to something that I no longer love my child? No. Yeah, I don't right? mean, that, that's like, gonna... that would make no sense. You put it in any other context and you're like, well, no, obviously sometimes the response isn't just fluff and, you know, whatever. It's it's necessary. One of the motivating factors for this podcast was the fact that my intention with recent false teachers podcasts and my um, just I guess you could say character Um, being questioned by somebody who, again, on the internet, people say things they don't know you. I I get that. But I I can tell you 100% um, to this brother or sister. I still don't know if it's brother or sister. The the name could be either or. 
Um, I love and, and, and I pray that you truly do know the Lord. I'm not making that judgment. That's not for me to make. Um, so everything that I'm going to say in here, this is uh, absolutely me just kind of speaking and assuming that I'm speaking with another brother or sister. Um, but at the same time, this brother or sister needs to be rebuked pretty, pretty sharply here because I'm going to go ahead and read the first comment that, that started this. Now, this is on, as I said, the false teachers podcast that we've been doing or the, the um, Road to Bethel. Yeah. Series that we are doing. Because we've been breaking down, kind of setting up, for those of you who don't know, just Bethel Church, what it is. We have um, brother and sister in Christ who live in Reading, have dealt with this. And every time they tell us stories, we're just mind blown that people do not understand how much bigger this issue is than just oh, you're saying we shouldn't like Bethel music and Jesus culture? What's wrong with that? Um, it's so much bigger than that. So we've been doing a multiple-part series to set this up. And the recent one that um, went up on YouTube was talking about how kind of Francis Chan kind of ties in with all of this. And that's where this all kicked off as, Brayden, you've been going through and breaking down the seriousness of these false teachers. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I spoke about Francis Chan, and I honestly don't think I have, I've ever encountered— I, I personally, in, in this, my whole ministry, uh, in the whole time doing this, have never encountered somebody that is so sharply defended than Francis Chan is. It um, is. You would, you, I, I know people claim that about John MacArthur. I but say Francis Chan, I, I don't see that as much with MacArthur as I do with Chan. Chan yeah. is by far, in my experience, is is a hundred times more just people freak out whenever you mention his name. And they automatically assume because, and, and, and I understand that, because there there is such He's a very likable guy. Likeability Absolutely. to him. And I love Francis and I pray that he comes to the truth because if he would come back from where this direction that he was going, he can be a wonderful tool for the Lord. But I'm right now, he is nothing other than a false teacher. And I have no qualms with saying that. And before you, you correct me biblically, let me remind you something, regardless of whether this is or not, regardless of what platform or whatever it is, but it's a teacher of the word. And it, so if this is another teach of the, teacher of the word re- rebuking me, then this is between me and this teacher of the word. But if it's just from some sheep or comment, like w- whatever it is, like you, you need to understand that there's a process to doing that. You don't just go run. I mean, the internet gives you the ability to do that because you can just spew out your opinions. But if we're, if we're truly brothers and sisters in Christ, you can't do that. That's not something, unless I am teaching something that's biblically incorrect, you come to me privately if you have an issue and you, and you come to me biblically. Now this person did come biblically and that's why I'm doing this and that's why we're you know gonna gonna talk or they attempted to um but I, I, again this isn't about uh, Chan or anything else this is we're gonna go strictly in in and to to these comments here and and look what was said so the first comment says you all really need to be careful putting videos like this out this is all your interpretation, your interpretation in quotation marks of the Bible. 
all these YouTube and podcast theologians, in quotation marks, you are really missing the mark with the heart of Christ. I am the first person that knows not to take a verse out of context, but with your snarky laughs laced with quote-unquote grace who make a career calling out false teachers, you are missing it. Okay, I'm just going to stop right there on the first one and say snarky laughs laced with grace. That is a bold, and this is what I told this person, that is a bold and false accusation. You have no idea what my intentions are. I can guarantee you I have plenty of people that can come and tell you that my heart is absolutely pure. So don't assume that my laugh or, or if I say something, it's, it's snarky. Yeah, I might say something, you know, direct because that's what, you know, type of person I am, hence your podcast here. But don't ever say something like that. See, you, you don't know me. You don't know the reason why I do this. I am the last person in the world that wants to do this. You think that I want to open myself up to stupid YouTube comments all day for people like this to just come and just turd drop their opinions in here? Like, no, that's not me. I could, I, I, this is totally not me. So don't assume Something like that, first of all. It's, it's, I mean, that's just, that's absolutely uncalled for. And then this here, here we, we have a huge issue here, but let's continue on. This person comments, if you haven't noticed, everyone has their own interpretation of scripture of how the Holy Spirit speaks to them. You could literally disagree with every single preacher constantly for the rest of your life because no one person views the same. In the beginning of my walk, there were so many voices in my head, so many different preachers with so many different interpretation of scripture from Joyce Meyer to MacArthur and everyone in between. I was miserable. There were parts I agreed and disagreed with literally everyone. We need to test the spirits as the word commands us to do. Read the word for ourselves. I almost feel like videos like this are Christian gossip channels hidden behind whomever versions of the, quote, truth. This causes so much division in the church. Sad to see so many videos like this now. Okay, so I'll read my response to that one real quick here. Thank you for your comment, but allow me to point out how foolish it is. First, you didn't say anything biblical nor factual. And, you know, I went in and mentioned snarky last lakes with grace. I said, this is a bold, bold and false accusation. Don't ever assume my mood or tone, especially when you don't know somebody. And then I should point, this person, he like said, he or she, I don't know, pointed out in, in that comment, who make a career out of false teachers. And I mentioned to her, what makes you think that I make a dime for this? I, what makes you think that? 
I mean, in all fairness, if we actually broke it down, I mean, I probably we, made we a might dime. make a dime off of that. Like, yes, we did turn on YouTube ads a while back um, to try and see because we are a ministry full time. So this is what we do, but we do it without a paycheck. Um, <laughs> so when we actually break down how much is made from ads, like I promise you, okay, maybe it is a dime. It, it is not, especially the podcast. Like it, I promise you that, um, yeah, if, if this is your like worldly career, you're doing awful. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, 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 I can't make a living in any country with this. Um, but I don't. And like I told this person, I do this. It's, it's strictly for warning. It's, it's, it's sounding alarm. Exactly what we're supposed to do here. And, and I, and it's not wrong if people do do this full-time in ministry and are able to make it like, that's not a problem. Not at all. But I listed scriptures after scripture, after scripture, after scripture, after scripture. Okay, and I'm not going to re-go through all of those. But what I will go through and talk about, and this is what really kind of, this is the one that really grind my gears. Not the, the first one here, the first comment, that one did too. Because if, if I mean, the, the first part right here, if you haven't noticed, everyone has their own interpretation of Scripture of how the Holy Spirit speaks to them. That should be a big red that, flag. I said, whoa, 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 I said whoa. that is heresy. Yeah, and dead wrong. And and it, I mean, Second Peter one twenty. First of all, no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. It Paul explains in Second Timothy one verses thirteen and fourteen to Timothy to follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me. What do you think these sound words were? These were sound doctrine, solid teachings that were passed down. This is nothing new. These are all things that were understood because of in Ephesians chapter four in verse 11, at the end of verse 11, Paul says, he says, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that in verse 14, we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. He gave the teachers this understanding this is doctrine this is biblical doctrine there is not a whole that's where that's where the church early in your walk really failed you and that's exactly what i am trying to take out and what i am trying to remove because all of those voices that you claim that are in your head of different teachers that's the issue there is only one truth it's not this big mystery 
And you tell your church this all the time where you go, no, the problem is, is everybody, we, because we have access and anybody can have a platform, it's so easy to have so many different teachers telling you this or that or teaching this theology, this doctrine, whatever. And then people are just pulled all over the place and think, well, gosh, it's just up to everybody's interpretation of what you feel is correct. We don't understand eisegesis and exegesis and hermeneutics and all, you know, all these other things, right? We get so confused. And you scream that all the time. You're like, stop, stop listening to all these different people because it will. You, you, you don't It'll have drive a, you nuts. You don't have a, a solid foundation. And then you have all of this coming in. And the next thing you know, you're all screwed up. And, you th- and that now this person, which this happens to many people, believe that it's up to how you take it. And, oh, well, you just see it that way. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. It's, it's not, and it's, it, you, we can have differences on secondary issues, and I agree with that. And there are very few, those are few and far between. They are very really few are. and far between, but we can have them. You, you want to argue about, you know, uh, uh, head coverings, you want to argue about, you know, whatever, the, the timing of the rapture, whatever you want to, uh, that's fine. We can have these, these little differences. But no, there is supposed to be a unity in doctrine in the church. And that's the problem. And that's the huge deception with this whole movement. Because this whole movement that this, again, wait, wait till I get to the second comment. Because this whole movement is about ex, ex, expanding out. And, and it's, it's all love and unity. It is this false sense of unity that is 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 coming out and that is the issue that's the problem because that's not correct and yeah absolutely the lord raises up teachers and there's also going to be false teachers among us there's nothing that you can do about that that's biblical so it's unfortunate that this happens and yes i can't you know like I'm not on some hero crusade here that I can just take care of all the false teachers together being by myself. And no, absolutely you not. You and your tiny little YouTube channel. Yeah, my, yeah, the, <laughs> like for the, the fives and fives of people that are listening. I mean. Sorry, that's funny. It, I think like. It is. Because like, that's so is, not you and what you're doing. Like I understand that people stumble across us and they don't know anything about us. They don't listen to anything else. And so you just get these assumptions off of one podcast. Knowing what it really is, that's that's hilarious. You're doing an awful job. That's what you're know, trying to do. Like, BT I'm, Dubs, I'm you're awful at this. I mean, I am. I wish I was. You know, no, that's the problem is these types of teachers that they're defending are the types of teachers that are making money off of this. I don't see anything. I right. Mean, so you're looking I at people like Francis I mean, Chan, Todd White, you know, all these guys who are millionaires. They are making Oodle, like money that you would never in your wildest dreams would ever even dream of, number one. But um, you look at that and it's like, oh, my God. But how dare you over here trying to rain on their parade and, you know, call people out? Yeah, I mean, so that was the most disturbing thing. And then, I mean, just the continuing warnings of not only in, that I just gave, right, and, and I just said, but Paul continuously warns Timothy of these things in 2 Timothy 4, 3, 3 through 4, for a time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and to turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. These are your own passions. 
You didn't like what you were hearing at first. You admitted that. You didn't, you weren't sure what to believe, so you had no idea. So what you did is you went to what your ears heard the best and what you liked and what made you feel comfortable. You self-soothed. That's your problem, and that's false. That's false because it's biblically false. I'm not making this up. Go give a good read to First and Second Timothy and Titus and understand that Paul's instructions here are to pastors, to teachers. As a believer, you absolutely can learn a lot from these books. But go, go read this. And, 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 and at least understand that he is talking about people that want to chase after this idolatry of, of what sounds good. And, and this is, again, that's, it's, it's dead wrong. Okay, scripture is not up to anybody's own interpretation, period. Okay, I mean, I don't even really know what to say more about that. That was the most concerning thing in that. That, that's, that's just false, and it's the church has failed you that you be, actually believe something like that. And I pray that you come to better, as I told you in the comment before, that I, I pray that you come to better spiritual discernment. Okay, so the second one, this is really what did it here. So I'm just going to break this down. You know what really grinds my gears? Break this here we down go. one by one here. So let's go. I already knew your response would be that of the typical five scriptures most Calvinist slash sessionists and Bible scholars use to constantly tear others down in Christ with your self-righteous version of biblical head knowledge. Which, if you guys go back and look through the response that he gave, the scriptures he gave, like the breakdown, like how you got to that, I'm not I sure. Really, I was like, oh, oh, okay, we're off to a good start. Continue. So, uh, number one, five scriptures tip most Calvinist sessionists use. Well, that's where you're wrong. I'm not a Calvinist. Nope. <laughs> and you're you're right. And I don't like the term sessionist because I that that you're using that as a derogatory term, provided that you understand what it means and you're not just copying pasting what you read somewhere else. But that that term indicates that I don't believe in the spiritual gifts. Um, that's not true. I do believe in spiritual gifts. I don't believe in the apostolic gifts that that sessionists or that that non-sessionists push, um, because that's not biblical. I mean, it's simple as that. And quote unquote Bible scholars. What do you mean quote unquote Bible scholars used to constantly tear others down in Christ with your self-righteous version of biblical head knowledge? That is the most foolish thing I think that I have heard somebody say in a long time. Like, and we hear a lot of foolish things. I hear things. a lot of foolish things. Who am I trying to tear down in Christ by warning somebody? Again, this is, I mean, this is like, you, you, I said that this will come back up with the child example. Guess what? Today, I just had an issue with my middle child. 
that I had to sit her down and explain to her, hey, guess what? You can't act like this. You're acting like a jerk and you're affecting everybody else. And I'm, I didn't say jerk. I mean, that's what I said here. But I said, you can't act this way. It's affecting the house. It's affecting everybody else. This is foolish. You're, you're, you're acting extremely foolish. And the way that you are acting and treating people is not okay. It's not allowed in this house. And you have to change that, right? Like you were direct in explaining to her because you love her why this isn't okay, what the issue is, and what has to change. Right? So in comparison, she goes, you're just, that would be like, like her saying back to me, you're just trying to tear me down with your self-righteous knowledge. How foolish is that? I'm not trying to tear anybody down. What, what do I get out of providing information on false teachers? What, what do people think that I get out of this? I make a living? I don't. You do it to just feel better about uh, to yourself. feel better about myself and to just apparently and and it just to get again just to get stupid YouTube comments. Well, let's just be for real. If our whole end game here was to have a super successful YouTube channel and podcast so we could make you know millions like all of those other cool kids, like we wouldn't do the things that we do, right? The point is is we take eternity very seriously. We understand that we don't live for this world. We live for an eternal life and everything that comes from that. And so, yeah, when you see things like Christ himself said that deception will be this big issue that we will be dealing with in this current time, you take that seriously. You take the instructions of what to do with that very seriously. And so we live those out and no, that doesn't give a super popular YouTube channel podcast, any of that, that doesn't get us sponsors. That doesn't get us a bunch of friends. That doesn't get us super nice comments that, that gets us headaches. That's what it gives headaches because now today I have we both have a million other things that we would rather be doing right now that we aren't doing because we have to stop and address these issues because we think it's important for people to truly understand all of this here right if we didn't believe that we wouldn't waste our time on it but no this is what we spend our time doing because we truly are here to serve others in truth of Christ yeah, so I mean, quite simply and bluntly, it's a stupid thing to say. And at the end here of this first paragraph, it's not the heart of the it's not the heart of Scripture. What is it? Proper sound doctrine? Yes, it is. I could just as easily tell others, you yourself are a wolf in sheep's clothing, based on your fruits. Yes, you absolutely could. And how would you test my? my my teachings you would test it using scripture and everything that i provided to you is in context and in scripture so uh, what what's your what's your point go ahead that, then at that point you would be calling me a false prophet a false teacher and and that's fine examine what i'm teaching and it's biblical so i you have sit down and then you go on to attempt to quote Matthew seven sixteen. We will recognize them by their fruits. This again is one of the most foolish things to say. And this is 
this is actually what I was going to use as a teaching example to show you. This is the, the first thing that these people go to. This is a heretic cry that they come with Matthew 7, 16. We'll recognize them by their fruits. You know, thank goodness for the messed up church for putting together um, the, uh, the, the list of, or no, I'm sorry, it wasn't the messed up church. This was through uh, Famine in the Land that did this one. Um, Famine in the Land did a, a list, just a common list of these things that, that just get said by, by these people. And their, the, the fruits topic was one of them. So and it's me, so spot on. It like, is, I know we've talked about it before, but it's one that comes I'm back so it again, often because it is. you Let are amazed you. at when we say this, it's like, no. And the, the person who wrote this, like when you do this, it's literally the same responses verbatim. Every, Every single, single time. time. And anytime you try to dig in deeper to it and break it down with these people, they have they, they just leave. They, they have their like knowledge and understanding completely ceases. It, that's it. And, and we're only saying this because it literally happens this way every single time. So here's this. Here's the, the write-up they did on this. Okay, and this is pretty bad when it's so common that we have, you know, just like you said, that you think that there's a typical use that Calvinists or anything use. The, the problem, I'm not a Calvinist. Um, I, I definitely agree with, with most of the basic premise of the points, but not in the way that they are completely defined by Calvinists. So, no. Um, well, like, and, we're not and, sitting and, here to just be anti-Calvinist and bash on Calvinists, but no, we are not Calvinists. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and see, the thing is, is, you know, I am largely premillennial, and, you know, usually that falls into, especially nowadays, that's falling into the charismatic category somehow. So um, there's, there's actually, I mean, again, that's just, that's foolish. So anyway, let me, let me continue on here. It says, by fruits... Most defenders of false teachers often mean that the teacher they are defending engages in charitable works, has a large following, operates in signs and wonders, and lives an exemplary life. There is, however, a fruit that is never mentioned, as we will see shortly. Let us first look at the points that these defenders of false teachers may raise. A. Charitable works. John and Lisa Brevere's ministry helps rescue human trafficking victims. Heidi Baker builds orphanages in Mozambique. Christine Kane founded an anti-human trafficking organization dedicated to abolishing injustice in the 21st century. These are commendable social justice works, but they are not necessarily fruits that point to a sound ministry or even true believers. There are cults and other religions engaged in social justice projects. That does not mean their works are evidence of sound doctrine. They're not Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses. They both dedicate themselves to humanitarian efforts. You could literally hold up the Jehovah Witnesses just as high as you could hold up any of these teachers. The same thing with the Mormons. Matter of fact, the Mormons might be even mo more so. Because as a like if stereotype... That's what we're working off of, they beat solid Christians. is a stereotype that's very, very true. Mormons usually are very, very wealthy. Every Mormon that I have ever known has been wealthy and has been successful. And they, they, they try to give away their money. I mean, they are the most kind people that you will ever meet. They have the most twisted doctrine and it is the most demonic. Yes, I said demonic. 
to anybody that's listening that wants to comment something stupid about that, absolutely. Those are false religions. They are cults. They are a different Christ. Let me say it again. A different Christ. False teachers. False teachings. Okay. Any of these things, these are not evidence of or, or sound doctrine. Okay. Nor is a large following, which would be consistent. And this is their second point. So point B, and this is, this would be considering, you know, applicable to Francis Chan here, large following. We are living at a time when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion. Second Timothy four, three ear ticklers have large followings. If numbers alone are a quote unquote good fruit, then Islam might be the right religion. Thousands of Facebook and Twitter followers, book sales, sold out conferences, prosperity, and being a sought after speaker are not an indication that someone is a true servant of God. See signs and wonders right after Jesus tells us we will recognize false prophets by their fruits. He said this, and which is funny because this is the exact thing that this person accused me of. Not everyone who said to me, says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That's Matthew 7, 21 through 23. How much of a fool do you look like when this is speaking exactly of this type of false teaching? The new apostolic reformation movement is exactly what Jesus is talking about here. Is this exactly what Jesus had in mind when he said it? Probably because he's God, he knows everything, and he had the whole thing, and he knew the the whole picture. Is that in context exactly of who he's speaking of? No, but absolutely you run this parallel. I mean, it fits the bill, right? So that's that's why we put it there. What is it? And it goes through the exact thing. And, the, and how do you people not see? And, and we'll go on to, to read the rest of this stupid comment to me that says, you know, that, that they, I don't know how deceived I am. How deceived are you when you can't even understand Christ's own words? Right here when he says, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? cast out demons and do mighty works. This is, this is the new apostolic reformation. I don't have crayons and I don't have video right here to draw this out for you. There is, there is nothing biblical about this. And to compare fruits on this is that's, that's ridiculous because what we have to, we would have to define what you consider a fruit but you're considering these surface things fruits. Okay, it continues on. Many justify Bethel Church on the basis of their signs and wonders. First, and Bethel Church is our, you know, the, the, the point of this whole podcast series that we're doing. So many justify Bethel Church on their basis of their signs and wonders. First, most of their signs are fake. Glory clouds, gold dust, and manifestations do not qualify as biblical signs. Secondly, the odd person who may have received true physical healing at Bethel is a result of God's sovereign grace and will. It is not a fruit that justifies Bethel's ministry. 
For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead it astray, if possible, even the elect. In Mark 13, 22. Jesus specifically speaking to the nation of Israel in that context, but it absolutely is what works for the second coming goes before the second coming in the church age as well. False prophets and false cries will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if even possible, the elect. Okay, and then D, lives an exemplary life. We can judge by outward appearances. Things are not always what they seem. Many revered leaders in the visible church were found to have feet of clay when they fell from their positions due to extramarital affairs, financial irregularities, or other moral failings that disqualified them from ministry. For years, these leaders were thought to have had good fruits, yet the real evil gave gift they had was covering up their sin. What about, who, about teachers who are not involved in sin that disqualifies them from ministry? Do their moral fruits ensure that they qualify to be teachers of God's word? There must be moral and spiritual good fruits in the lives of teachers as scripture details their qualifications in 1 Timothy 3, 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. But there is more than good character, I'm sorry, but there is more. Good character alone does not qualify somebody to teach in the church. Paul instructed Timothy as follows, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. 1 Timothy 4, verse 16. This passage in Paul's letter to Titus lists the qualifications for elders. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or drunk or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also rebuke those who contradict it. Notice that the qualifications in Titus 1, 5 through 9, which may surely be described as good fruit. Paul indicates the ability to teach sound doctrine. Teaching sound doctrine is a good fruit. Paul goes a step further. Not only is teaching sound doctrine a good fruit, rebuking those who contradict it is also a good fruit. Further on in Matthew, Jesus shed more light on this topic of bad fruit when he confronted the false teachers of his day either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad for the tree is known by its fruit you brood of vipers how can you speak good when you are evil for out of the abundance of your heart the mouth speaks the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil i tell you on the day of judgment people will give account for every careless word they speak for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Matthew 12, 33 through 37. So while a false teacher may cover their moral failures or greed, their teachings cannot be hidden, and they are a sure way to test whether they are indeed false teachers. False teachers use words to deceive. If we judge their words by comparing what they teach in Scripture, we will know their fruits are bad. 
But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many, many will follow their sensuality. And because of the way of the truth, and because of them, the way of the truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Second Peter 2, verses 1 through 3. Destructive heresies. The way of truth is blasphemed. You guys are up there dancing like idiots on the stage trying to resurrect dead people. Who do you think has the, the bad fruit here? Who has the destructive heresies? This person continues on to tell, going back out from the article, going back to the comment, I do not think you realize how you yourself are completely deceived and do not even realize it. Interesting. When you go before the Lord one day, do you honestly think he will say, well done, good and faithful servant for making a career out of calling out false prophets according to you or your other gods you listen to, such as MacArthur, according to their version of scripture? You are not God. I, that's so stupid. I don't even know how to respond to that. Yes, I absolutely do think the Lord is going to tell me well done and good and faithful servant for warning his flock of false teachers. Absolutely, I do. You want to know why? Let me go back to a couple books that, you know, you probably haven't read before. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 14. Just in case that you've never, never heard this. Let me, let me read this to you here. Jeremiah chapter 14, verse four, starting in verse 14. And the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. They're prophesying to you a lying vision, worthless divination, and the deceit of their own minds. Bill Johnson, Francis Chan, all of these prophecies, these visions, all of these things. Bill Johnson literally has a book. He is the, the, the head of Bethel, has a book of his dreams and visions. The Lord did not send them, nor did he command them to speak. In context, Jeremiah is speaking of these, these, this idolatry and these false prophets that were coming into Israel prior to the Babylonian exile. But, you know, in the Old Testament, you know, if we, we, we would read Paul's words in, in 1 Corinthians and understand that what was written in the previous days were for our instructions today. We do, the church does not replace Israel, but we are God's people as well. We are grafted in. Okay, this, what holds true to their sins holds true to our sins. Yes, salvation is by faith in Christ Jesus. It's not by fulfilling any of the Old Testament law. Christ did that. 
But this is where the whole misunderstanding comes from. This is where people don't understand repentance and they don't understand the true gospel because they've been fed this garbage, this, this, this garbage like things like Johnson. And now that Francis Chan is diving full head first into this. And list uh, they're worthless divinations and lying visions therefore in verse 15 of jeremiah 14 thus says the lord concerning the prophets who prophesy in my name although i did not send them and who say sword and famine shall not come upon this land by sword and famine those prophets shall be consumed and the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the streets of jerusalem victims of famine and sword with none to bury them their wives, their sons, and their daughters, for I will pour out their evil upon them. You shall say to them this word, let my eyes run down with tears night and day and let them not cease. For the virgin daughter of my people is shattered with a great wound, with a very grievous blow. If I go out into the field, behold, those pierced by the sword. And if I enter the city, behold, the diseases of famine. For both prophet and priest ply their trade through the land and have no knowledge. Have no knowledge. Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who are prophesying, saying to those who prophesy from their own hearts, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen Nothing. Your prophets have been like jackals among ruins, O Israel. You have not gone up into the breaches or built up a wall for the house of Israel that it might stand in the battle of the day of the Lord. They have seen false visions and lying divinations. They say, declares the Lord when the Lord has not sent them, and yet they expect him to fulfill their word. Have you not seen a false vision and uttered a lying divination? Whatever you have said declares the Lord, although I have not spoken. Oh, man, that's a huge nail in the coffin right there. Ezekiel 13, 7, write that one down. Because that goes straight into the heart of these false teachers. Have you not seen a false vision and uttered a lying divination whenever you have said declares the Lord? So speaking in the name of the Lord, these false things that these teachers are speaking. He says, aren't you lying? You're lying and giving a false vision simply when you say declares the Lord. Have you not seen a false vision and uttered a lying divination whenever you have said declares the Lord? although I have not spoken. Verse eight, therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have uttered falsehood and seeing lying visions, therefore, behold, I am against you, declares the Lord God. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and who give lying divinations. They shall not be in the council of my people, nor be enrolled in the register of the house of Israel, nor shall they enter the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord God precisely because they have misled my people saying peace when there is no peace. And because when the people build a wall, the prophets smear it with whitewash. 
There is no peace. There is no unity. There is no blessing. This is all false lies that these teachers pump out to gain followings. And then they play this victim card whenever somebody calls them out. I mean, continuing on to finish this up. Therefore, says, thus says the Lord God, I will make a stormy wind break out in my wrath and there shall be a deluge of rain in my anger and great hailstones in wrath to make a full end. And I will break down the wall that you have smeared with whitewash and bring it down to the ground so that its foundation will be laid bare. When it falls, you shall perish in the midst of it, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Thus will I spend my wrath upon the wall and upon those who have smeared it with whitewash. And I will say to you, the wall is no more, nor those who smeared it. The prophets of Israel who prophesied concerning Jerusalem and saw visions of peace for her when there was no peace, declares the Lord God. So, calling out false teachers, do I think the Lord's going to tell me, well done and good and faithful servant for that? Well, I mean, that's, that's very, um, you know, I don't, I don't like to think about like that because I don't deserve a reward for anything. But however, yes, for being a faithful servant, absolutely. How can you say something so ridiculous? John MacArthur's version of scripture, that, that's just idiotic. Now, MacArthur isn't right on everything, but he teaches the gospel. And he teaches truth. He doesn't, he doesn't make this up. None of us do. You're right. We are not God. That might have been one of the three things, that, small things that you were right about. Who made it your job to cause this division in the church? This is this comment that goes on. I'm not the one causing division. It's these false teachers. And then you have the idiocy to post back Romans 16 back to me. Romans 16, 17, I appeal to you brothers to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk they deceive the hearts of the naive. That is insanely ridiculous, because you are exactly proving my point. Contrary doctrine. This doctrine that they are preaching is not correct. You have been taught to avoid them. So thank you for, for proving my point. They don't serve the Lord Jesus. All these wonderful people that you think that have helped you in their walk, they serve their own appetites. And by smooth talk, they deceive the hearts of the naive. You are of the one that is naive. You are the one who is lost. Brother or sister, I am praying for you because it's bad. You're so lost that you're quoting the very scripture to me that defends my whole point. This is, a, this is a scripture that I shared with, with, with you in the comment above. 
The same thing here, 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. That's exactly what they're doing. Now, how am I, with your, your slander that you, you accuse me of, how am I disguising myself as an apostle of Christ if I'm, if I'm true to, to what you're saying? I'm a big meanie dummy head that just says things that I only like to believe and nobody else does. Like what, what, what point are you proving there? Second Corinthians eleven thirteen speaks exactly to people like Bill Johnson and Francis Chan. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. There's a whole lot of things that Francis Chan claims to not know. And it's not unloving. It's not judgmental to call these teachers out. That's stupid and ridiculous. And you show your biblical ignorance when you say things like this. Then you post back correctly. 1 John 4.1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are of God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. It says, this is where you're at. Test the spirits. Exactly. What do we test them with? Against false teachings. Because many false prophets have gone out into this world. And then you claim this video is not of God. It is a Christian gossip video. Oh, that's interesting. James 1.26, James 4.11, Proverbs 21.23. What exactly, James 1.26, let's go ahead and, and take a look here at James 1.26. Since you didn't post it, what does James 1.26 say, everybody? James 1.26 says, If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Okay. The problem is with that is that you're not really doing the word. And that's what James' whole point is with that. If you would, you know, go through the whole thing, we could, we, we could come to a better understanding here of, of, of what it is that we're speaking of. Um, you, you, you quote again, James 4.11, do not speak evil against another brothers. This one who speaks against another brother judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. Okay, this is where, again, you show your, your biblical ignorance. A brother. Francis Chan is not my brother. Bill Johnson is not my brother. They are false teachers. They are teachers of the word as I am a teacher of the word. It is absolutely my duty to call them out if they are preaching contrary to sound doctrine. This instruction here is for believers, not for teachers. There's a difference. There's a whole different set of instructions. But of course, I can't, you know, all those, all those theological smarty words and, and things that you think are so, yeah, it'll show you that there's a process and that these are letters. And guess what? The Bible's not about you. 
And there's, and there's all kinds of different things in these letters. Matter of fact, the specifics of these letters, like in Timothy and Titus, these are called pastoral letters. These are Paul's instructions for teachers. They are far different than what another believer and another believer, how are they? And they're not that far apart. But when it comes to calling out and defending these teachings and acting nice, this is where you're wrong. Because Paul confronted Peter directly to his face. Paul called these things out specifically. I'm sure, you know, John, or I'm sure Mark probably was saying the same thing about Paul when Paul just left him there. And he's like, no, don't want to take him. I mean, that's just, that's just, I don't, again, I, I don't know what to say uh, to that. But in the, in the same, one of the things that, you know, you're, you're not understanding here, and this would speak to you because you would, you would be trying to oppose biblical truth would say James 3, 1, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in, in what he says, he's a perfect man. He also, to bridle his whole body, if he puts bit into the mouth of the horses so that they obey as they would guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships as though they were so large and driven by strong winds that they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs so also the tongue is a small member yet it boasts of great things how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire yeah the problem with that you see in context when we go back and we look at taming the tongue and all that that you shouldn't be talking about what you clearly don't know what the heck you're talking about exactly what you're commenting to me here all of these things that you're commenting here are all things that you should shut your mouth about because you're clearly big, biblically ignorant about them. That's not me saying this. This is James. If you have a problem with, with ha, ha, somebody telling you to keep your mouth shut, then go speak to the Bible. Go yell at it. I'm, I'm, do whatever you need to do. There's nothing unkind. I'm being direct. Nowhere in scripture does it say that I have to follow some process and be nice to you about this. I was very, very kind in my first message. Very direct, but I was kind. But this is the point. And this is not something that we can sit and we can continue to allow when we have clear instructions in scripture that these false teachings will infect the church in the end times and to watch out for them. We cannot be quiet about them. We must expose them. And the Holy Spirit apparently gave you this verse, which is, I mean, I didn't know the Holy Spirit gave things out of context. That's fascinating to me, but this is what you say. Um, 2 Timothy 3, 5, having a form of godliness, but lacking the power thereof. Again, you're, you're quoting back exactly 
what the problem is with these teachers that you're defending. And it says, please, brother, I implore you to search your heart. That's what was kind about this. Thank you for referring to me as a brother. I refer to you as a brother as well, but you are, brother, you are in, in, in extreme error here. But it says, I implore you to search your heart because of these kind of heart, because these kind of videos are not it. You are wasting your time gossiping and leading many astray. Woe to you who calls good evil. I know my Bible. I know not to take a verse out of context. No, you don't. You clearly do not. I watched videos like this for three years. I was so deceived and led astray by them. It's a critical spirit. It's righteous gossip. No, it's truth. I'm sorry that you were lost in your path. And you know what? You're welcome to my church. You're welcome to, to, to contact me. I will, I will absolutely disciple you. I will give you my time. I'm sorry that you went through this. I'm sorry that you did. And, and I'll, I'll agree with you. There's, there's videos on there that are ridiculous that do go too far. That do get to the point where they're just attacking and they're not saying anything. But your focus is way off. You, you, you know, this is, you, you, can't, you can't be blind and call somebody else blind. And that's exactly what you're doing here. Okay, I, I, the thing is, is I have searched my heart. The thing is, is you don't know my heart. You don't know me, but I'm, I'm, I'm welcome, welcoming you in. If you, would like, if you would like to, I would be more than happy to. And that goes for anybody. That, that goes for anybody listening. I obviously don't have time to get to every single person right away and all this, this other thing. But no, I'm, I'm sorry that that happened. But just because that happened to you, that's not truth's problem. So these are the types of things that that, that stick exactly to my point about these teachings, teachers, and the defenders of these. This is dangerous, and we need to be better at, at being Bereans and, and, and searching the scripture here and, and understanding that these, th this is something that you need help with. Because there is a thousand different opinions out there on YouTube. There is a thousand different false teachers all over the place. But there is only one truth. It's not complicated. If you would relax and calm down and actually listen to something and not be accusatory and assume that somebody is coming at this hateful, you might learn something. And you might even learn to be stronger in your faith. So, again, if you comment something stupid to me, just so you know, you are subject to a stupid comment pod podcast. It's as simple as it is. 
it's not it's not that I'm doing this uh, spitefully or hatefully or that I have some sort of sour attitude. It's direct. And we are living in a time where we don't have time to be anything less. So in Christ, thank you for the dialogue. But brother or sister, I pray that you come to truth. I pray that you look into these things a little bit more. And I pray that you listen to our podcast coming up that deals with the effects of these types of teachings. So stay tuned.